It's the Dogcast, episode 136. Georgia beats Georgia Tech for the seventh time in a row, and Larry Munson shows that he has lost his mind. I want to start it out, and we need to get this off the table so we don't need to discuss Listen, it anymore. We're 10 me, and 2. This can't be the first thing out of your mouth. It's got to be. Let me throw it out so oh, we can put it behind God. us. I don't know if I was absolutely disgusted, and I can't imagine. After the game, we got back to the bunker, reviewed the film this morning before we did the show, <laughs> oh and gosh. what do I see? I see Larry Munson sitting in the booth. I think they went in sometime in the fourth quarter. The guy has got on a gold hat. He is sitting there calling the last Georgia game the man is going to call. He is sitting in the booth and has on a gold hat. I, I don't know. This, this just proves the situation very much like Lou Holtz when, when guys just hang around too long. Larry was great back in the day. Seventies, uh, eighties, were there was none better. But it has just passed him by. Lou, you need to slide over at that booth at the Denny's. <laughs> let Larry in, and the two of you just need to sit there. I could not imagine it, Derek. And I want to. That's it. If you want to say something about it, get it off your chest. Then we need to go on and talk about this great win. But it's it's over. It's been a great run for Larry, and now people like me and you need to take over because oh, we, we know what colors to wear at least. Oh, my. I tell you what. I was pretty pissed about the gold hat and the green coat. Don't, he's wearing a green coat and a gold hat like he's at a freaking Baylor game or something. But anyway, yeah, I was pretty. But, you know, hey, did you notice there was a football game yesterday? Dogs win 31-17. We beat, uh, beat the Ramblin' Wreck, and bo- believe me, they are a wreck. 31 to 17, dogs win their seventh game in a row against Tech. No Georgia team, no Georgia coach ever done that before. Longest streak ever against the Wreck. Well, it's, it ties the record at seven, but I think the seven we had, we had two coaches involved. Right, yeah, that's We had easy. golf and No Don, coach has so, done that, right. right. So uh, we pretty much sent, we may have sent Chan Gailey packing, which is kind of exciting. And, well, um, I don't know. I mean, what are we going to do without Reggie and Chan there? Well, the the word is, word on the street is, they might call Reggie Ball up to the coaching ranks. Wow. And wouldn't that be fantastic? Man. Reggie Ball, head coach at Man. Georgia Tech. Turner Gill could come take over at Nebraska, and <laughs> Reggie Ball could take over the reins at Tech. You heard it here Holy first, Dog fans. We are calling for a Reggie Ball regime at Georgia Tech. Years and years of Reggie Ball. I couldn't think of how to get him inserted back in the program, but now we have our we have a plan. And you know what would be neat if Reggie could then check and see if Chan has any eligibility left and let him quarterback the team. <laughs> well, that might be an increase. Might be a, the quarterback situation might improve. But uh, yeah, it was a big win. It's pretty much what we expected. You know, it it wasn't um, it wasn't a great, exciting victory or anything like that. But you know, it was a win. It was a win. It was a 
what I like to call a workmanlike win. It was. It was. And I tell you what, thank heavens that we've been playing Thomas Brown and no Sean Moreno, giving them equal carries and stuff. I knew that was the right thing to do, <laughs> and it really <laughs> proved itself in this game because obviously Tech keyed on no Sean, had 45 total yards. And it was but good. My, but, but my boy Thomas Brown came through. 17 carries for 139 yards. I tell you, that, Coach Rick, is brilliant. I, it was a good thing that you called on the split in the carries between Moreno and Brown so that Brown would be ready <laughs> and in game shape. That was, that was a good thing that you called for that, old dog. But, uh, you know, the dogs are 10-2 and two in the clubhouse at 10-2, and two, man. I tell you what, it, all the talk, we're going to talk about this Georgia Tech win, but still, all the talk, that, and I know you guys are hearing it out there, we're talking right. Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, BCS, $17 million, highest ranked team in the SEC right now. You know, we're going to likely, it's going to be likely that we're number four in the AP, maybe number four or five in the BCS. Just the fact that we can even sit around on the weekend after Thanksgiving and talk about, hey, we were this close to the national championship race. Hey, look how close we are to this. I mean, it's just amazing that the transformation this team and this coaching staff made from the mid part of this season when we were thinking we'd be damn lucky to get six wins. Ten and two in the clubhouse, old dog. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it is without a doubt Coach Rick's best coaching effort since he's been at Georgia, and he certainly should be a shoe-in for SEC Coach of the Year, and I wouldn't be too surprised if he didn't get some national recognition. I mean, you look at a team that is probably made up, if you look at, at the number of plays and who's playing, and I bet we've got underclassmen, 70% of our plays, we've got underclassmen on the field, mm -hmm. and just the progression that these kids have made I mean, it's a tribute to the entire coaching staff. Right. And the fact that he took us from a 4-2 and two team, just kind of had our tails tucked between our legs when we were walking out of Nayland Stadium, turned it around, and a lot of it was on him. I mean, he had a – I don't know if it's a personality change. I'd like to think that is his personality. But he changed his coaching philosophy, obviously, with the kids. Right. The way he treated them, told them what to do, and, man, a, a light switch went on. Something I something mean, big happened. It Absolutely. Because we and, definitely had a change of and, heart. I mean, we turned it on, and like I say, it's just it's a great, great coaching job. And we've had such a fantastic future. I mean, I'm so excited about the future for this program. I mean, take, for instance, look at an LSU program. They've got 16 seniors out of their starting 22. You can't say that the cupboard is full down at LSU. When you're, especially when you're considering Les Miles leaving, uh, leaving to go to maybe to Michigan, but 16 seniors is not exactly where you want to be going into the next season. And no. Georgia is so far from that. And you look at the what Stacy Searles did with the offensive line. Oh, I mean that's look how, incredible. Look at Tanuta's defense. Tanuta, Tanuta, Tanuta. John Tanuta brings the number one blitzing, the number one most sacks in the country defense. They go up against our offensive line, which has three true freshmen starting and they come away with one sack one sack one ladies and gentlemen sack. they got one sack on us oh okay so while old dog gets that call i'm gonna play some comments from coach rick at a post-game press conference yesterday you guys might appreciate this it's even got a little of the music that the guys are dancing to on the field so uh check it out you, you. 
players and coaches. I thought that uh, Georgia Tech was a very fine football team. It was very resilient. I thought we got some big breaks. That one fumbled punt and us getting on it made all the difference. So we got we got very very fortunate uh, on on those plays. And then and then we you know we we did our share of um, <clears throat> you know just banging away offensively. We finally. Found a couple creases in the running game. Finally hit a, a couple big balls, uh, big pass plays um, to get going a little bit. Um, you know, I, I thought I was very pleased that Thomas Brown got to finish his regular season, uh, last regular season game the way he did. You know, Sean battled just as hard. You know, just sometimes uh, the creases come from one guy more than the other, and Thomas definitely found them and took advantage of them. Uh, I thought that I thought Mike. Uh, Bobo was very patient, uh, continued to hammer the run, even though at times we were getting, you know, next to nothing or negative yardage with it. Uh, kept his patience and kept pounding, and finally, you know, we broke through with a couple of runs. Defense overall played uh, played pretty good. Um, special teams did a good job, so just happy with the win. You know, it's it's great to uh, to win. Any any game, it's great to win your last game of the regular season, and you know we've been able to do that every year so far. And um, you know, again, I'm I'm thankful for it. It's been some really close ball games, and and we've definitely uh, gotten some breaks in those games, and uh, and we were, we were able to win them. I don't I don't know why it's happened. We're set seven in a row. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know how to explain it other than. The way it happened, and, and I'm just thankful we're on the uh, winning end of it. You know Derek too, and I'm back from a call. Back, back from the phone that call. That was Coach Rick. He tells everyone hello, <laughs> and uh, just wanted to thank me for backing him on this Thomas Brown, no John uh, Moreno he, thing. He really did. I know. I mean, I'm sure it was sincere. Oh, it was. Um, it was. But you know, the other thing too with this just vaunted, you know, John Tanuna defense, mm-hmm. uh, and those of you that bet on the under. You were a winner. I think we counted 15 times uh, that they mentioned him. We also included shots of him in the booth, <laughs> as a you know, as I mentioned. But I think the under did hold because I think we had set it at 25. Yes. But uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, no interceptions. Uh, one just brilliant fake and TD uh. run. Scampering down there like Electron Jackson. I, I want to talk about that fake for a second because and one TD and one uh, touchdown pass. I have railed against Stafford and his trying to pull off what I like to call the David Green fake, the ball on the hip, kind of swagger away from the line. I don't have the ball, and they come up and throw it. He has not yet once successfully run that play. And uh, it kind of was getting on my nerves, kind of pissing me off, because I was like, you know what, quit trying to be David Green, because you're no David Green. But I believe we have found Stafford's uh, fake that he can run. Yeah. That little fake is really good. He ran it against Kentucky one time for he a did. touchdown. Don't, yeah. Yesterday, you know, neither the safety nor the linebackers nor the referees, for that matter, had any idea who had the ball. No, and I think, you know, against Kentucky, he did it with Brown. Uh, against Tech, it was no Sean, and I think Tech coming into the game had just made up their minds and had centered so hard on the fact that they were not going to let no Sean beat them mm-hmm. that when they pulled that fake to him, everybody on the field followed that. I mean, Green was probably 
10 yards or more down, had run by the referee who had no clue that Green, uh, not Green, that, not that Green. Stanford, <laughs> Stafford had the ball. And, you know, it was just, it was a great fake, a great play, great call at the time. It was fantastic. When he calls it and it works like that, like I said, you if you watch the replay, the ref is intently focused, looking for holds. You know, the back judge is doing everything he does. He has no idea that Matthew Stafford is running right by him with the ball. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was it was super. It, it really was. It was great. That was great to shut down the Tenuta defense. And, you know, we're probably... If the Chan Gailey regime goes by the wayside, this may be the last time we have to talk about John Tenuta. Well, let's hope so. Let's Maybe hope so. they'll make him head coach. Maybe they will. You because know, who, he is he is fantastic. Who who knows on that? Let's let's talk a couple other little tech things too, because there's nothing more fun than beating up on the nerd herd. Yes. And you know how they always like to think they're a little more cerebral than us, and you know even though you know we beat them down every year. They still cling that they're a little bit better, and, you know, we we play dirty ball and this and that. Well, you know, they had one guy, Terry Duncan or Dunkman or something like that, yes. had to get ejected for flagrant clipping. Ejected. I mean, this is, this is a kid that goes out there and purposely tries to cripple, you know, somebody on the opposing team. Yes. Not only should he been ejected from the game, he should never play college football again because I tell you what – that is not what sports are about whatsoever. You don't go out. I mean, there are enough injuries that happen because it is a violent, hard-hitting game without going out and purposely trying to sneak up behind somebody and take a knee out. Yeah, that kid that kid needs to be drummed out, and if there's any Tech fan out there that thinks that guy did a good thing, then he needs to, he needs to be just wiped out off the face of the earth too because there is no call for that in any sporting activity at all. You don't ever want to see anybody get hurt, and you certainly don't need to go down and try to do it. And I'm wondering if the coaching staff at Tech doesn't teach crap like that. I tell you, that's a very Spurrier-esque, very Spurrier-like thing to do. And, you know, the uh, the guys doing the call in the game, they totally whitewashed that. You know, they didn't they didn't even talk about it. A kid getting ejected from a college game is actually rather rare, you know? Well, yeah, and I mean... Really, up until now, I've never seen any folks get ejected unless it was for fighting. Right. You know, and then it's usually a guy from each team. You know, this they, was an they individual out. This acting was one, on his own. Right, and and his and the fact that he went for this clip was so flagrant that the referee said, "You know, that's it, son. You're out. You're of the, immediately done. You're out you're of the ball the game. Day. That was totally uncalled for. That's really rare. And it'll be real interesting to see what the coaching staff at Georgia Tech does with this kid, who obviously is just some kind of goon. Uh, obviously, considering you have members of Al Qaeda walking around campus, I don't know if they're going to do anything or not. But well, we'll see. you know, maybe he's part of the third string that Spurrier would send out to start a <laughs> fight. I don't know. And speaking of other things at Tech. You know, we were joking about how their stadium keeps shrinking. <laughs> their total seating capacity is 54,990. I think, I'm not sure, but I think the SEC wouldn't even let them in with a seating capacity that low. There's a minimum standard, isn't there? Yeah. There's got to be. I mean, I I think there's some high schools with more seats than this. I, I think I think Clark Central may seat more. I think Clark Central probably seats close to 50,000. Yeah. I mean, this is... <laughs> It, it's just, it's such a rinky-dink little program. It's so pathetic. It, it really bottom. is. 
it. <laughs> beating them, it, it really sometimes, like I said, I've said it before. I'll say it. It really is kind of like kicking a puppy. Well, you know, but it's the, like kicking a puppy you don't like. The thing is, Derek, you know, an I, ugly little puppy. Right. I guess. I guess where you go, like a pit bull puppy, man. <laughs> yes. Oh, gee, well, sorry about that, Vic. Uh, you know, I guess where we are in this, if they weren't our in-state rival, it probably wouldn't be that big of a game because we like beating big-time college football programs. <laughs> and Not programs and that play on Thursday night. Not, not programs that play on Thursday night and think that's great and not programs that have stadiums that can't hold at least 70, 80, 90,000 people. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, this is... Well, let's talk it's, about it's the game. It's just tech, but let's get back to the game. The play of the game. We had two things I want to talk about. The two things that I think made the difference in this game were the three touchbacks. Yeah. They weren't touchdowns. The three touchbacks that made the, made the game happen. And not just the three touchbacks, but what I consider to be the play of the game was actually – I think you said it before. You know, Thomas Brown had a great game. Moreno had a less great game than usual. He only had 45 yards. But even though he didn't have a great game yardage-wise, his heart and his attitude and his passion for the game helped him, I think, make the play of the game. Because when he dropped that ball, that lateral that was ruled a lateral, was picked up by Morgan Bennett of Georgia Tech and run back, Moreno, in his typical, I, I am pissed off at everybody who tries to tackle me, Runs the kid down and just whacks him. Knocks the ball out of his hand. Luckily, it went through the end zone. Causes a fumble out of the end zone. Touchback, Georgia ball. On the 20, no points for anybody. Mikey Henderson. That was the game of the, that was the play of the game for me as far as from yeah. an attitude, kind of saving the game, turning things around, well, keeping that, something real you know, bad from it's happening. That never give up. And there are a lot of kids that when that happened would have just sat there and stood there and watched the guy run. Would have grabbed their chin strap and slung off their helmet yeah. and been disgusted. Moreno's like, no, you didn't. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and I'm going to go get it back. <laughs> exactly, which he did. And then you got, you know, we had some less than stellar decisions by our players on uh, – on you know Mikey Henderson backpedaling from the ten yeah. to try and fill the ball on the two, and then dribbles it into the end zone. Luckily, you know it was it turned out to be a touchback. Well, maybe this getting married thing has just gone to his head. Mikey I don't Henderson's know. Going but, mad. but I tell you, Mikey, and I, I hope you step up to the next level. Uh, you know I don't know that you will because <laughs> ain't a whole lot of hundred and fifty pound guys playing in the NFL. But the deal is, and again, not to go negative, but. I love Mikey Henderson. Like, and and I do, too. that was a mistake. I mean, and it was, was it was a mistake. And for the bowl game man, in a situation like that, you plant your heels on the 10, and if the ball goes over your head, you wave your arm in the air and you don't move your ass. Heels on the 10, Mikey. And don't back up anymore. <laughs> the other one, uh, you know, I really can't say it, it could have been disastrous, but I really can't say Remarcus Brown was doing something he shouldn't have. He, I mean, he was down there, he was blocking the guy, and unfortunately the ball hits him in the shoulder. Yeah. I mean, he had. I think his, it hit him in the head. Actually. Yeah. It, you know, he had his back to it. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like he was out of position or trying to field it, or whatever. But again, another. You know, two disasters that are two potential disasters that turned out okay for us. It was actually three. I mean, one we changed with Nishan yeah. Moreno's play, but really those three touchbacks were huge. And, you know, one is a mistake. Two is a disaster. Three, 
that go your way like that, that's kind of like a, I don't know, that's a team of destiny. But I'll thing. tell you what, it was good to see Georgia getting some calls. Yeah. Uh, we may want ACC refs in the rest of our Ooh, games from now on. What, that would have been 21 points if we'd I been tell playing you, Florida. Because I tell you what, if we had those boys that called the Florida and the Auburn game, there ain't no way we would have had those. That would have been 21 points for the Gators. Yeah. No, no, no questions asked. No doubt. And no review possible. Uh, how about the rushing, man? You know, uh, George Tech's lost 12 games in a row that they've lost the rushing battle. Yeah. 218 rushing yards for Georgia, 136 for Tashard Choice. Yeah, and, and Tashard, let me tell you something, that baby. That kid's an intellectual, isn't let's, he? let's do something for you, run your mouth. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Why don't you uh, beat somebody, yeah. you know, before you come and talk in your trash and doing your little dance and stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? Because you're a member of the third senior class in a row to go over against the dogs, baby. Right. and I mean, Put this that is, in your pipe and smoke it. Well, and I mean, this has kind of become a point of pride. Too, while Fernando Velasco said that last night, or actually Friday night, Max Jean Gillis called him up and said, man, there ain't no way you can let this senior class be the first one to lose. Exactly. He said, "This Mark Rick's recruits have never lost a game to Georgia Tech. That's right. And and Max called up and said, "Man, don't let it happen to you." And I'm sure <laughs> not on my watch. And baby. I'm sure next. And I'm sure next year. Fernando's going to be calling somebody exactly and saying, "Don't let it be you." Exactly. Nobody wants to be the one, you know. And that just that just speaks to the camaraderie and the kind of teamwork and everything else that Coach Rick and the rest of the fellows have put in there, too. That I mean, you've got old players calling saying, "Don't let this, you know, keep that Georgia pride going." Absolutely. Well, you know, I think the offense, like I said, we was pretty much what we expected out of the running game. Out of our passing game, we did get some connections. You know, we we overthrew some balls and stuff, but we made the catches that we need to make. We made the runs that we needed to make. We got out of there with a win. What did you think about the defense stopping their offense? Man, I thought the defense played great. Now, great. granted, they don't have a stellar quarterback, but they were 12 for 32 passing. Gosh, that's pathetic. Two interceptions and one TD. That's very nerdy, very nerdy. Well, you know, it just goes back. But, again, as we said before, I mean, this is a guy that couldn't beat out Reggie Ball. So what did you expect? <laughs> well, i tell you what. It, it they was... had three or four different people playing quarterback. I mean, there were direct snaps. They brought some freshman kid in that kind of looked like a fullback. Right. Uh, you know, and he – I don't know if he ever threw the ball or not. I think maybe he did one time. That direct snap, it, that direct but, snap uh, to choice gave me a little heartburn. You know what I mean? Well, it, it did. And we didn't stop it as well and as often as I wanted no, to. No, but they blocked that thing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, they had some they had some decent moments sure. out there, and Tech always has a decent offensive line. And they always have some decent moments, but that's yeah. usually about but it. But that's it, and we usually overcome all those decent moments and, uh, well, let's you know, what, and go out of it. I've got a few other things before we wrap this show up. All right. You want to... Um, well, I think one thing we need to talk about is we do have a little bit of, of news on the injury yeah, report, injury. and I don't know how this is going to, how long this Andy is going to affect Because Andy Bailey ain't no kicker. No, he ain't. And Brandon <laughs> Cattu is out as of now with a hamstring. Uh, you know, we're not going to play another game until at least January 1st and maybe a week after that now that Fox has them all strung out throughout most of January. So hopefully Cattu's hamstring can heal up. Uh, this other kid that we had kicking off, he seemed to almost get it into the end zone, so I'm all for him. He looked like he's, an end zone kicker, He's baby. my guy. I mean, you know, let's get him on a weight machine, get that <laughs> leg strengthened up. Maybe he can get it into the end zone. But we've got to have somebody that we can count on to kick an extra point. 
a field goal, and uh, Andy Bailey sure ain't it. No, he's I mean, not. he's had a nice run in Athens. I'm sure it's fun to say I'm on the football team <laughs> hanging around downtown trying to pick up girls. But, he's uh, so useless. When it comes, when it comes to, to putting points on the board, he ain't my guy. No, he's not. And I'll tell you, um, you know, I don't think that hamstring injury is going to keep Katu out of the bowl game. Uh, you know, it, even if some kind of pull or whatever separation. Wait a minute, I'm, I'm looking around the bunker, and I'm not seeing your medical diploma. Yeah, did but you, you did, did see, you take it down to you, get it framed? You did see your lips on my butt when I called the Craig Lumpkin thing. Baby. Yes, so I did. I, so yes, I did. I got so. more credibility than you on this, and yeah. I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong that can be wrong with his hamstring that would take more than four weeks to heal. I'm riding your train. I, that's, that's what I'm calling right now. So anyway, um, let's talk just a little bit before we go about the bowl game scenario and just how crazy things are in the SEC. You know, you know, I've, we've had a long, proud history here on the Dogcast of not respecting other conferences, you know? Right, and, and that we, will continue. And that will continue into the viewer, because I don't care what you did in the Pac-10, the Big Ten, the MAC, the WAC, or the SWAC. Yeah. If you don't play in the SEC, and you know, you look at LSU, man, number one in the country. Number one in the country, one lost team, playing at home on a, you know, a night game. It wasn't Saturday night, it was Friday night. Playing at home against unranked Arkansas, and they get their ass handed to them in overtime at home. Yeah. Buddy, you can lose in the SEC any given week. And you look at Tennessee, i got to tell you, you know, my hat's off to Tennessee. I want to sincerely congratulate Tennessee because, you know, the way they win, you know, when you have to go two weeks in a row hoping that your team, Vanderbilt and Kentucky, can are going to miss field goals for you to win, you know, if that's the way you, you got to get it done, you know, my hat's off to Tennessee for getting it done in that fashion. Well, know? and what it all boils down to, and I mean, I would, believe me, I would have loved to have been in Atlanta next Saturday night watching the SEC championship game Gosh, with Georgia too. playing. But what it boiled down to, Tennessee did beat us, and, you know, yeah. they won the games they had to win, and they deserve to go. Vanderbilt and Kentucky's kickers not getting a Christmas card this year. No doubt about that. <laughs> two weeks in a row, man. Game-winning field goals. Two weeks in a row, Tennessee squeaks by. Squeaks by. But, you know, and no but, telling. I, I think LSU's probably going to take them, but there's no telling on that. You're right. So that's what we got to find out, dog fans, you yeah. know. But, uh, you know, I mean. <laughs> but we've got, you know, we've got some interesting bowl scenarios coming up. I mean, we're not, it doesn't look like we're going to be playing in the sugar. No. Which means that the rose, the fiesta, or the orange are open to us. And there's one scenario which I think would be real cool is if, say, Oklahoma were to beat Missouri in the Big 12 championship this Saturday, that would more than likely put Ohio State playing for the national championship against West Virginia and would open up a slot for Georgia to go out and pound the Trojans from USC. That would be great. And I tell you what, it would be, I sure would have never thought it, but it would be nice to have another shot at a school whose initials are USC and beat them down. (laughs) Tell you what, because we are pissed about that. Yeah, we sure are. Um, You know, I tell you, the scenario I like the best is the one that has uh, Missouri losing to Oklahoma in the championship and West Virginia losing to Pitt and us playing Ohio State for the national championship. I like that that one. That would be a good one, too. I'm really digging. I'm I'm, I'm really digging on that scenario. And we all need to become big Dave Wonstadt fans. (laughs) Let's hope he can pull something out for those. 
those Pittsburgh Come Panthers. Come on, Panthers. I understand. Tony Dorsett maybe seeing if he's got another year worth of eligibility Come there. Come on, Panthers, if baby. If he missed a game and could come back for one. We need a little Dan Marino, a little Tony Dorsett action. Yes, Come indeed. on, Panthers, baby. We need everything we can. Because I'll tell you what, as much as I'd like to play another team called USC, I really would like to take a shot at the Buckeyes, yeah. which I think are the weakest team in the top ten right now. Oh, yeah. I would love to have a shot for a national championship against a team like the Buckeyes. Right. That would make my day twice on Sunday. Well, they don't. Uh, believe me, Ohio State doesn't want to play anybody from the SEC. They want none of what they we don't got. Want it, they don't want any part of speed, man. That's exactly they right. They want to see some guy who's got big, plodding, slow players just like they do. Exactly. I tell you what, dog fans, we've got a great December coming around. You know, we don't have a game this coming week. So we're coming to the end of our regular broadcast season of the Dogcast. But uh, we'll be here, you know, and we'll keep bringing you everything you need to know about the dogs. It's been a fantastic season. We appreciate all of our listeners and all the feedback and the hats and the shirts and the stuff you guys send and the well wishes. I tell you, we love doing this show. We love our listeners, and uh, we appreciate you guys enjoying the show. We hope you guys like it. It's been a great season, 10-2. Oh, it, it has, and this is always just a bittersweet time of year. It really is. I mean, is. we look so forward to football season, uh, and it goes by so, so quick. Fast. You know, we're sitting here in the bunker talking about, you know, we're not going to play another football game for more than 30 days. Oh, I mean, gosh. I don't know if I can take it or not. That's breaking my heart, man. And then we got a bowl game, and then that's it. And then we get to talk that's about recruiting, yeah. as useless as that is. I know. But anyway, uh, dog fans, that's going to wrap it up for this show. I tell you what, we love you guys. We appreciate you listening, and we love the dogs. Great year. Coach Rick, one last thing I wanted to say. Yeah. I just want to say, I love having Catherine Rick on the sidelines. I love the fact that she kind of, I just love what it means, you know. I love to see her over there picking, I mean, I know it sounds stupid. It's not really what I mean to say. But the way she submits herself and serves the team, I mean, really, I think she and Coach Rick are just a really, just a great couple. Well, they're, And they really. They're a class, I mean, he's a class coach. He's a class family man, and they're they're class individuals. How he ever went to Miami is beyond me. I know, but you when know, he goes you, out there, when he wins a game at the Nerd Herd Stadium on North Avenue, and then runs over there to the water table and kisses his wife, yeah. I think that is stinking awesome. Right, and you know, it's not like she's there. You know, and they've got a little publicity and stuff this year for it, but this isn't the first year she's been doing she's that. She's been doing it for years. You know, and she's not doing it for the publicity or anything else you know she just wanted to be she wants to be she a part wanted of what's to be, going on wanted to be part of the team and feel like she had something doing it and uh and you know she's fantastic. handing out water i think that's fantastic it is and i mean i just i just you know i just love i love the ricks i love what they've done for athens i love what they've done for the program and um I can't wait for many more years. Our fifth ten win season in a, a fifth ten win season out of seven yeah. for Coach Rick. Congratulations, Coach Rick, and the dogs on a great season. You make our jobs really Absolutely. Easy. And one more thing, Derek, before we go, if there's anybody out there, Christmas list, send Larry Munson a red hat, please. Please, gosh, with a big G a on the front of it. Freaking G on it and maybe a black coat or something. And then set him down to set him at the Denny's down with Lou Holtz and let's just let those two go off into history let's go to miami dog fans or pasadena or pasadena or tempe or nolans 
I'll, I mean, we're probably not going to New Orleans unless we play in the championship game. But anyway, that's it, dog fans. Call us, 706-534-1516, or email us at dogcast at gmail.com. It's been a great season. We'll see you back soon. Go dogs. Hey, Derek, old dog. is trying to wander. I just want to say, hey, you know, we played a great defensive game last night. We got the interceptions when we needed them, the big plays on defense when we needed them. And I tell you what, you know, no Sean Moran didn't have such a good game, and that's why, Derek, you're right about the two running backs. If one of them don't have a good game, the other one better have a good game cause, or, not, or else you're in trouble. And Thomas Brown played his heart out last night in his last final season game, and hopefully we can make it to a great BCS Bowl. I have a friend telling me that we possibly could be sharing a uh, co- co-national championship again this year. I mean, this wow, we couldn't be talking about this in August. But all, all for all, Rennie Curran, Akeem Dent, great play last night. Great play by Asher Allen and Marcus Howard. Man, do we? Man, I tell you, what, our defense is finally coming around, Derek Odar. I think you know, next year, I think we're gonna we're gonna be a force to reckon with. I I don't want to sound like a Gamecock fan because, oh, you know, they their season's over. I mean, just that's a piss poor effort I've seen put forth by Steve Spurrier. Because you know, I heard a stat the other day that in Mark Rick's third season, we already had an SEC championship and two and winning seasons, three winning seasons. You know, Spur, 500, 500 coach. He couldn't do it in He did it for Florida. He's playing with five-star athletes. I don't think he's going to be able to get the five-star athletes into South Carolina like people make it out to seem like he can do. But uh, anyway, we're going to make it to a BCS Bowl. Too bad we didn't make it to the SEC championship game. But you know what? We probably would have been off. I don't, I don't want to say better off. It would have been nice to have an SEC championship along with a uh, co-national championship. But uh, go dogs, and I will be hearing from y'all Thursday, or tonight, actually, Sunday. But uh, go dogs. Dogcast technical support, Washington, D.C., with a hurt thumb switching back and forth between the Georgia game and the Kentucky game. Right now, all I want to do is beat some bees, squash bugs. I'm pissed off. He had the game. They had the game. Oh, God, I'm pissed. Oh, well, let's squash some bugs. I'm glad that I'm for Georgia and I'm for Georgia Tech. I'm proud to be a bulldog and not a rambling wreck. And if I had a daughter, I'd teach her what to do. i dress her up in red and black and teach her how to glory, glory to old Georgia. Glory, glory to old Georgia. Glory, glory to old Georgia. And to help with Georgia Tech. Dogcast Technical Support, signing out.